Welcome to Scuba Shack Radio, episode 91, recorded Monday, August 15th, 2022. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Hello again, everyone, and happy Monday. Once again, I want to thank you for tuning into this latest episode of Scuba Shack Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Centropino. So how's the summer going for you? If you live up here in the Northeast, I don't have to tell you that it's been really hot. I think we had like 10 straight days where the temperature was over 90 degrees, with a couple of those days hovering around 98 or 99. That's hot. And when you throw in the humidity, well... Let's just say it's time to get wet. Well, getting wet is exactly what we've been doing. Over the weekend, we were back in the water conducting our latest open water certification dives. We also completed another advanced open water class. It was an absolutely spectacular two days of diving in Rhode Island. The water temperature was very comfortable. The sun was out. We had low humidity and a ton of fish life. We could not have asked for any better conditions. It's been busy. But just how is it going in the scuba industry here in the U.S.? Well, on today's show, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the research I recently got from the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association, or DEMA, and that's related to certifications. And there's some other aspects of diver behaviors. But first up is Wet Notes, my news and information update. This is Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio for Monday, August 15th, 2022. First up today is a story from the Ocean Conservancy blog. Now, there was a recent post by Madeline Black titled, Setting Sail to Collect Ghost Gear in Maine. The post recounts how Madeline spent a few days on a 60-foot sailing vessel named American Promise. The boat is operated by the Rosalia Project, an organization dedicated to ocean cleanup, and that's based in Burlington, Vermont, and the Gulf of Maine aboard American Promise. While the Rosalia Project teamed up with the Global Ghost Gear Initiative, or GGGI, to do a cleanup, Over the span of several days, they cruised from Bar Harbor to Korea Harbor and picked up over 4,000 pounds of discarded fishing gear and other debris. Now, that was back in late June, and the American Promise is planning on capturing another 7,000 pounds this year. It was a great little story, and you can find it on the Ocean Conservancy website in their blog section. Now, there was a recent article published by the Undersea and Hyperbaric Medical Society that ran in Dive Newswire. 
The UHMS indicated that they were instrumental in convincing the American Medical Association to advise against unsafe, mild hyperbaric oxygen therapy in mild hyperbaric facilities. I wasn't that familiar with the term mild hyperbaric oxygen therapy or the facilities, but I guess there is a lot of them out there, and that is why you want to ensure that you contact Divers Alert Network for a hyperbaric chamber referral. They know what is the right for divers. According to the article, UHMS's position is that these facilities could potentially provide an inappropriate dosing or possibly delay a patient seeking proper treatment. So my advice is call Dan should there ever be a need to get yourself or someone you know to a chamber. Don't go it alone. Well, if you like shipwrecks, especially deep shipwrecks, then here's a story for you. Dusty Cliffman recently conducted a dive on the wreck of the John V. Moran, which rests in about 400 feet of water in Lake Michigan. The John V. Moran went down in a winter storm way back in 1899. The lake was beginning to freeze over, and the Moran tried to make its way through the ice when the hull gave way. The ship sank slowly over a period of four days, and because it sank so slowly, the ship is perfectly intact. Now, according to Valerie Van Heest, director of the Michigan Shipwreck Association, she looked at the historic photos of the John V. Moran and the pictures taken on Dusty's dive, and said it looks a lot like the way it was the day it sank. Dusty said that the glass is still in the windows and the railings are intact. As you can imagine, at a depth of 400 feet, not many people visit this one. It's a pretty big wreck with a length of 214 feet and a beam of 32 feet. The freighter was launched in 1888. I wonder how long it took Dusty to plan and prepare for that dive. I can't imagine diving that deep in the cold Great Lakes water. Shark Week is over, but now you can get ready for Aware Week 2022. The Patty Aware Foundation has announced the dates for their fifth annual Aware Week. This year, the event runs from Saturday, September 17th to Sunday, September 25th. Well, that's a little more than a week but that's okay. Fortunately this year, the announcement came a little bit earlier than last year and allowed us to plan some activities. During Aware Week, the foundation is encouraging the global dive community to lead or take part in conservation activities and or courses focused on local action for global impact. The foundation's programs include protecting vulnerable species, particularly rays and skates and sharks, supporting marine protected areas and marine debris. So for us here at Scuba Shack, we have a couple of activities lined up. We will be conducting the Coral Reef Conservation Aware course, and then we'll be doing a dive against debris. We've done these in the past, and they're a lot of fun and educational. Like I said, I'm glad we got a little more notice this year. It allowed us to really engage in the 5th Annual Patty Aware Foundation Aware Week. 
Check in with your local dive shop and see if they've got anything planned. And if not, maybe you can help them participate. Do you know someone who is new to the dive industry and is making waves? Well, if you do, maybe you should consider nominating them for the Dive Equipment and Marketing Association's 2022 Wavemaker Award. Now, this is a pretty cool award, and they are bringing it back for this year. From what I saw on their website, it looks like they might have started this back in 2017. But if you're going to nominate someone, you're going to need to do it fast, as the deadline is August 22nd. You cannot nominate yourself. Nominations need to come from an employee or owner of a DEMA member organization. The nominee has to have been in the dive industry for less than five years to qualify. It's a pretty cool award. I can remember being at the 2019 show when Amy Lee from Reef was selected as the winner. Again, this award is for new entrants to the community who have taken it by storm and are making waves and rising to the top. I can't wait to see the nominations and vote. And finally, I've never really been a stamp collector. My passion is coins, specifically Buffalo nickels and Franklin half dollars. I dabbled in stamps a bit, but never really seriously collected. But maybe some of the new stamps released this year might spark some interest. Earlier this year, the USPS released the Eugenie Clark Forever Stamp. That's pretty cool. And now they have released a new Forever Stamp series on marine sanctuaries. The 16 stamps were released on August 5th. You can get them in a pane that was designed by Greg Breeding. And on the back of the pane is an illustration of the National Marine Sanctuary System done by Todd Detwaller. This marine sanctuary series celebrates the 50 years of the nation's underwater treasure. The stamps include a queen angelfish, a large jelly, a sand tiger shark, and a humpback whale, and more. The stamps look very appealing and are reasonably priced. Check them out at USPS.com under Stamps and Supplies. The basic 16-stamp sheet costs $9.60. I assume you can also get them at your local post office. Well, that wraps up this latest installment of Wet Notes here on Scuba Shack Radio. I came to the dive community a little bit later in life. I was 49 years old before I took my first breath underwater. And from there on, it has been an incredible journey. Over the course of the next 18 years, I progressed from that novice open water diver to a scuba instructor and ultimately a dive shop owner. I've been one of the owners of Scuba Shack for over five years now and have done a lot of thinking over those years about the state of the dive industry and more importantly, where things might be going. Numbers, facts, and input from divers certainly can help us determine where things are headed and perhaps help us respond to ongoing change. So let's start with some data. Recently, I was able to get several research documents from DEMA that provide some numbers, facts, and input. 
From this information, we can all formulate our own opinions and plans. One of the top-level reports from DEMA that I got was the 2022 open water certification counts for Q1 and Q2 in the United States. They received input, input from PADI, SDI, and NAWI. For the non-reporting dive training agencies, DEMA included an average estimate of their open water certification. Let's be clear. This is not continuing education, but basic open water training. So what do the numbers look like? Well, in Q1, there were just over 23,000 open water certifications. And then in Q2, the number moved up to just over 37,000. That makes sense as the weather starts to warm up here in the northern parts of the country and folks are making their certification dives. But these numbers are just a point in time. We have to put these in some sort of context, and one way to do that is by looking at trends. Now, it's really difficult to trend things over time, given the impacts of COVID-19 pandemic and how so many places needed to shut down. Also, it is very difficult now how to understand just how far we've recovered. With that said, the trend pre-pandemic was already going down. For example, in 2017, the first quarter certifications were almost 30,000. By 2019, that number was at 28,000. Even more pronounced was the second quarter, where in 2017, there were 49,624 new diver certifications. In 2019, for Q2, that number dropped to 42,862. So before the pandemic, the trend line was down for both first and second quarter. When you look at the full year statistics for 2017 to 2019, that trend held true. In 2017, there were almost 166,000 new diver certifications and by 2019, that number dropped to about 151,000. Then, in 2020, with the pandemic, our new diver certifications dropped to 87,000, but rebounded to almost 130,000 in 2021. But let's go back to that quarterly number again. This time, let's compare the second quarter of 2021 against the second quarter of 2022. The 2021 number is 36,936, with 2022 coming in at 37,175. Is this the new normal, or are we still seeing impacts from the pandemic? We may need to wait another year to fully understand that one. But the fact remains that the industry here in the U.S., we are down from almost 50,000 certifications in the second quarter of 2017 to 37,000. You, you can do the math. 
is just about a 24% decline in folks becoming scuba divers. Those are some macro numbers that DEMA provided, but they also gave us some detailed data that showed how things were going on at the individual state level. Now, there's a lot to unpack there, and I'm still studying that data to gain some better insights. But what I did do is look at our operation and see how we stacked up. And that was pretty interesting. In 2017, when we took over the shop, we certified 56 new open water divers. Now, our numbers are a little tricky because up here in the Northeast, we have a number of divers that do referrals for their open water certification dives. And getting credit on those is sometimes a little bit challenging. Our number dropped to 45 in 2018, then dropped again in 2019 to 41. 2020 was a disaster at only 17. But here is the good news. In 2021, our open water certifications jumped above our 2019 pre-pandemic level to 43. We were encouraged. Now, I've looked at the projections for this year, and I think we'll surpass 50 new diver certification. If you've been listening to the podcast, you'll know that I've been telling you we've been busy. So what does all this mean? Is the scuba industry numbers trending downward because of the way the scuba industry operates? Or is it because there is a change in lifestyle from a more physical to digital world? Or is it a combination of factors, a perfect storm that is resulting in the decline? For one thing, being a full-service, small, family-run dive center, it's a very tough business model. When it gets too tough with trying to manage dealer relationships, professional staff, a quality service department, and travel program, the shops just fold. And that leaves little options for people to pursue their interest in diving. Traveling too far to take a scuba class just isn't worth it. Now, I also have my personal opinions on the fragmentation in the industry between the various training agencies and equipment manufacturers. I don't want to get into discussing them here, but I think this fragmentation also causes confusion and is not helping to promote the industry. One last note. DEMA also put out a report from August 2020 on diver behavioral research. I started to look at that, and I'll be spending a little more time with that. Maybe I'll do another segment here on the show about what divers were thinking right before the pandemic. So I know this segment was a little bit different for me, but as the show continues to evolve, I will try to take on more issues like this. Perhaps it'll become a new recurring segment here. Maybe I'll call it From the Dive Shop. How's that for a teaser? So that wraps up episode 91. I wanted to do that segment on diver certifications because I thought it was interesting and gives us a perspective on where we're going. Like I said, perhaps I'll do more of these types of installments going forward. Stay tuned. In the meantime, thanks again for listening, and I'll be back again in two weeks with more Scuba Shack Radio. 
Enjoy the dive season. Scuba Shack Radio is a bi-weekly podcast in support of our mission to empower individuals with knowledge, ability, and experience to venture underwater in pursuit of their aspirations and to advocate for ocean health and sustainability. Talk to you next time.